Well, happy Resurrection Sunday. We're so thankful for Pat and for Window and their years of service and uh, Pat uh, leading the hymns and the music this morning. Uh, we're so thankful to be able to gather together in peace, have such a beautiful uh, Sunday morning to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Let's pray as we begin. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for the victory that you brought us through the resurrection of Jesus. Speak to our hearts. Transform us more into the image of Jesus. Help us to live a life that honors you. And we pray, Lord, that you would use our lives for your purposes, that we could reach people in this community. We thank you for those that have come with us today. We pray that you would bless each one and have your hand upon them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We also want to welcome Anthony. I forgot uh, as I was standing this way, I didn't see uh, Anthony's with Miss Gwynn today. And so you're welcome in the name of Jesus. Uh, today, we're talking about the joy of resurrection life. And it's an interesting um, aspect that we, a few days ago, remembered the suffering of Jesus upon the cross, uh, a time where literally the sun did not give its light and people's hearts were so troubled. And as that uh, suffering extended through the night, the next day, and again another night, we remember the verse from Psalm 30, verse 5, that says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Have you ever experienced that? Uh, where you're so overwhelmed with something uh, that seems even hard to sleep. And yet, oftentimes, the Lord restores our soul as we wake and trust him with a new day. It says the, the mercy of the Lord is new to us every day, and great is his faithfulness. Many times we struggle to have joy, and oftentimes it's because we're focusing upon our circumstances, focusing upon the difficulties. But today I want you to remember that because Jesus has resurrected from the dead, we also have joy. Uh, joy in resurrection life, because as believers, uh, we're no longer bound to this earthly body, but we're promised to raise again with the Lord Jesus. And Jesus is the one to fulfill all of the prophecies. He's the one to fulfill the symbolism in the Passover. Uh, this year, the Passover in Israel aligns with uh, Resurrection Sunday. They're celebrating Passover, and you might remember that God told them to put the blood of the lamb over the entranceway of their homes. And when the uh, angel bringing judgment would come, he would pass over their house. And that's why we uh, call this time Passover. Uh, Jesus, he gave his own life, his own blood to save us from sin and to grant us resurrection life. And he is the fulfillment of every symbol in the Passover. Uh, the bread that was without leaven, it reminds us that Jesus did not sin, but he gave his life for our sins. And uh, he said, this is the new cup, right? He gave it a new meaning. Uh, it's given in his blood, given for the remission of sin. And because Jesus suffered, and because he died on the cross, he then can forgive us our sins, but also he can restore fellowship. When uh, God created Adam and then Eve, it says he walked with them in the coolness of the morning. 
And uh, when they sin, they broke that fellowship and they had to approach God through sacrifice. But Jesus and his sacrifice, uh, he gave us the sacrifice once and for all time that we can have restored fellowship. I love uh, the concept of an empty grave because uh, all of us in some way or another, we have been shaken by someone else's death or we maybe had a near-death experience ourselves, and it uh, disturbs you, it troubles you. But when we remember that Jesus on the third day, he rose up from the tomb, uh, we remember that we also have fellowship with him. And that fellowship continues into eternity. Um, have you ever thought about that? Uh, if someone in your family departs, right, there is a broken connection in a sense. But when your body dies, there's not going to be any break in fellowship with the Lord. Uh, Paul says to depart and to be with Christ is far better. And so we have that assurance that as believers, when our earthly body no longer functions as it was designed to, our spirit goes into the presence of the Lord. This uh, resurrection, it represents light and life. Uh, and yet our society, we're um, in kind of a challenge where oftentimes we see the struggle between light and darkness. And um, many of you know that uh, our society has shifted away from Christian principles. We've shifted away from faith in Jesus. Um, I looked this week. There is an interesting aspect. Just for Easter alone, the U.S. spends about $3 billion on candy. Can you imagine? Uh, just for a few days celebration, about $3 billion on candy. Um, some people say, well, I like candy. <laughs> yeah, but is that our focus, right? $3 billion and uh, over $10 billion on food, flowers, and clothing, right? A lot of people, they uh, buy their children uh, beautiful clothes. Uh, they have special meals, but they really don't know what they're celebrating. I'm not sure if your family was like mine, but growing up, we didn't even pray when we celebrated Easter. We didn't talk about Jesus. We just had a family gathering, a family meal. Well, for us, that should be different because we know the reason that we're celebrating. And the question is, in American society, with all of this money spent on food, clothing, candy, flowers, how long does the joy of those things really last? Right? In another week, maybe two, uh, these flowers probably aren't going to be as beautiful as they are this morning. But with Jesus, we can have lasting joy. And today I would like to turn to John chapter 16. The verses will be on the monitors. We're going to study the words of Jesus himself as uh, we consider having joy in resurrection life. John chapter 16 is before Jesus went to the cross and he was forewarning the disciples. He said to them in verse 16, Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no more. Then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while you will see me no more? And then after a little while you will see me because I'm going to the father. They kept asking, what does he mean a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. So we look back, right? And we have an understanding. 
but he was giving them a warning. For a time, you're not going to see me, and then you're going to see me again. What does that mean? Well, after he gave his life on the cross, uh, they put his body in the tomb, and the disciples were kind of in despair, but he didn't want them to be in despair because he says, I'm going to the Father. But they were focusing upon what does it mean a little while. Jesus went on to say in verse 19, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Verily, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Um, I like that, that though there's a time of sorrow, he says, after you have grieved and mourned, your sorrow will turn to joy. And I think only God is uniquely powerful to be able to do that, right? To take our sorrow and to turn it into joy. Now Jesus uses an example. In verse 21, he says, A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Um, many of you, you've experienced that pain. And um, truly, childbirth is pain. Uh, other translations say uh, anguish or sorrow. We want to say thanks to all moms right, who have gone through that pain uh, to bring uh, children into the world. And you might have heard a story about a loving husband in the delivery room with his wife. Uh, they're thinking, how can I help her in her pain? And uh, she's sweating. He's worried, uh, holding her hand. He says, you know, what can I do? How can I help her? And she looks and she says, you, you did this to me. <laughs> You know, in her pain, right, she shifts the blame only upon him. And for sure, uh, in our pain, sometimes we wonder, why did you do this to me? Why did you allow that to happen? But uh, I wanted to be in the delivery room. I thought I was going to be a medical doctor, and I thought it would be such a wonderful thing. But at the same time, it's kind of an intimidating thing, right, to see someone in so much pain. Jesus went on to say, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when the baby is born, listen to this, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Isn't it true that in some mysterious way, right after that intense pain, of giving birth, a woman can celebrate as she uh, embraces her child for the first time. And uh, Jesus says, no one will take your joy away. So how are you doing? Do you consider your life uh, a life full of joy because of the resurrection of Jesus, but also the hope that we have that we will not die, but we will live? Um, in John chapter 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And um, Jesus says, as you see me resurrected from the tomb, no one will take your joy from you. 
Uh, I think it's an amazing thing. Uh, Martin and I, we've been at a tomb that is empty. Uh, some people believe that it's that very tomb that Jesus was laid and he was resurrected. And there's a sense of joy, right? That the greatest enemy that we experience in our life, which is death, does not hold our spirit. And we have the promise of the resurrection. I'm just going to read from Matthew chapter 28, uh, 1 to 10. And it's the account of that first day of the week, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee, where you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, try to picture this in your mind. So the ladies are going back to tell the disciples. It says, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Isn't it amazing? Uh, Jesus is the assurance that the promise of God is true, that as we believe in him, uh, we will have true joy. He told them, rejoice, right? The angel said, he is not here as he told you. Uh, one of the things that I love is to think about what it's going to be like to transition from this life into heaven. Um, I've told you before that my mom uh, has already gone to heaven in 2020, my stepdad that I grew up with, uh, he went to heaven. And as you have a family member leave, you kind of think about what it's going to be to be reunited with them, but also to be in the presence of God. And in Psalm 16, verse 8 through 10, we get a little bit of an understanding. This psalm is actually written uh, from the perspective of Jesus, uh, these verses here. And in Psalm 16, we read, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. So we know based upon Acts chapter 2, that this is speaking about Jesus, that he wasn't in the grave long enough for his body to start to deteriorate. It says, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Uh, we all go through sorrows, but let's keep the reality that in God's presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Sometimes I think that God allows us to experience those difficulties that we can see how wonderfully he can deliver us, but also 
to remind us that he is the source of our joy. His presence brings us the fullness of joy. Think about this. Pain can be forgotten, right? Most mothers don't walk around uh, 15, 20 years later thinking about the pain of the childbirth. They think about the child. Uh, Death can be overcome. That's what we're celebrating today, that Jesus overcame death. But joy remains. Live in Jesus and you will experience joy. Joy inexpressible. The joy of resurrection life. So how are you doing? You know, just ask God to touch your heart. Ask him to change your perspective. Ask him to give you the hope and the assurance of resurrection life. Jesus said, your joy no one will take from you. That evening, when Jesus rose from the dead, he gathered back with them. And it's recorded in John chapter 20, and I'll read from verse 21. Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And he breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus wants us to have his peace. He wants us to have his spirit. And we need to remember that even in the midst of difficulties, no one can take the joy of the resurrection life. Let's stand as we pray together. Don't fixate on your pain. Don't let circumstances move you away from God's joy. Ask God's spirit to fill you and that you will experience joy, joy inexpressible and full of glory. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much to be able to celebrate life, to be able to celebrate resurrection life because Jesus rose never to die again. We thank you so much for giving us the Holy Spirit, for calling us overcomers that we can conquer everything because you conquered the grave. And we wanna thank you so much for being able to gather together and to worship you and to remember that you are our victorious Lord. You are our Savior, our great God, and our Deliverer. Touch our hearts, restore the fullness of joy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And one verse to leave with you from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's finish with the song.